It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you, with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome back to the Transfer Tracker Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And if you're listening to this one, I assume you're here for the stunning conclusion of the rankings differences. So let's get into it. Next up, Emmanuel Acott from Boise State, 6'8", 210. I watched video on this guy. He handles the ball very well for a guy of his size. And he did shoot 39%. That's all very impressive. Played on a good team. Boise State was an NCAA team this year. He came from Arizona. He was a top 45 recruit out of high school. He has the pedigree. He checks all the boxes. But I shouldn't, I shouldn't see, like, stud, man. I saw a guy that is like a fit-in guy. He's He fits in, you know, on a good team. and can play a role and... He looks the part. He completely looks the part. Like when he's dribbling the ball and he's six foot eight, he looks like a center out there handling the ball very well, but he just doesn't do shit with it. That's the problem. Like 12 PER. He's got 11.9 PER. His usage is very low. They're not asking him to do much. He's just kind of like a, you know, three and D guy, you know, which he's good at. I mean, he's good, but, you know, when you're talking about even like top 40, you know, transfers these are top 40 out of 1300 1800 whatever it ends up being these this is hundreds of players this is like a, a massive chunk of like college basketball is this guy like, like what would a top 40 translate into that would probably be like 250 player 200 player or something like that just off the top of my head like is this guy a top 200 player I think I can find 200 more. I think I can find 200 players more that I believe could actually. You give them the ball and they could be a star. They can make it happen. This guy, he's just he's like a low usage, you know, throw it over there when he's wide open, make an open shot type of guy. And that, I just think I think when you're a top 40, you know, even transfer, you, I think more is expected of you. It's just kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> the next guy, Bryce Hopkins. From Kentucky, who I just uh, he he he's very much in the mold of the last two LSU guys, the what's his name, Adam Miller and Fudge, Fudge. That's a, that's a good name. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, six foot six, two twenty. He's big dude, top thirty five recruit out of high school. Didn't play a lot. He played six. Six minutes a game, 28 games. You know, so there's a decent sample of almost 200 minutes. I mean, it's not nothing, but he he didn't do much in these minutes. Like if you're if you're out there in this garbage time or like you know playing these situational second team type BS, man, you you should be dominating if you're if you're a damn top 35 player legit. You know, like really, I mean, you, you're gonna have like a 12 per and and shoot like. Two of something, well, five of 16 from three, you know, shoot 50% from your free throws. Uh, it's just another one of those, like, oh, this guy's a top 
35 player in high school. And I can kind of get it. On, like, I understand it more on Kentucky. Kentucky was a team, I think, that was probably more loaded. I mean, they were certainly higher seed in the tournament, higher ranked. I I kind of get it, get it a little more, actually. And it's at least a little more justifiable when you're like 45 instead of 25, but or whatever he is. I'm not saying he's 45, you know. But in the in that range, I mean, it's a different range. You're you're talking about like it's still too much. I, I still think it's way too much for this guy. And he, this is a this is one I haven't had a chance to think about much. But I don't think there's much to think about. Twelve per point four eight three true shooting. You're a six foot six two hundred twenty pound dude who should be like beasting on people. You know, if you're a top thirty recruit out of high school. And I guess people just believe in that. They're like, oh, yeah, he's a top 30 recruit. You know, let's just forget about like that. He was kind of pedestrian, you know, on the actual court, on the D1 court versus like second teamers and garbage time. Yeah, not me, dude. Like I, that is not my philosophy. And, you know, I think I, I will be wrong sometimes, but I think more, more, more than not, I think I will nail these guys. It's like. Yeah, they really weren't that, you know, like they were overrated or and it's and it's nothing to knock on this guy. I hope he does well, actually. But like when people are ranking them like, you know, top 40, top 25 and and shit like that's not it's just not. You got to You got to like disagree with it, I think. Jalen Tyson, Texas, also around the top 45 ish. Just cut and paste literally everything I have said about the last guy and the last couple guys it's the same thing it's the same philosophy I, I don't disagree I don't agree with it at least he didn't have as as much I will say this at least he didn't have as much of a sample size proving that he really wasn't that kind of player you know he played 45 minutes total so and he wasn't good in those 45 minutes but he played 45 minutes at least you can say well this is a really small sample this is a Un- unknown he's still unknown but how the hell is this guy 45 like when you when you know like what other people what other players are and they're like kicking ass and they're like awesome you know in in the aggregate and like everyone can see it and it's like this is awesome these guys are you know doing stuff on the college court and it's proven yeah i just you know this this is one that just is unknown, so I don't feel as strongly about that. Number 50-ish, Nellie Cummins. Nothing says top 50 like a 15 PER, .51 true shooting, versus the 305th strength of schedule in the country. Nothing, my man. Like, oh yeah, and he's got great size too, six foot one eighty. That's a top 50 player. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting to a level, you know, I think after 50, you can kind of like, I mean, it's it's out of the beholder, a lot of it. But this next guy, Grant Bazell, I had him, I had him like second tier, I think, top 20, 30, 30-ish, 30-ish, I guess. But, I mean, he's just very productive. I think you can count on the things he does. He rebounds. He blocks some shots. He played on a top 75 net team two years ago. This year they were in the NCAAs. They weren't as good, but he was even more productive. So you can't like hold that against him, I don't think. Yeah, I think he deserves to be a little bit higher. 
Quaderis Wahab. I had him first here, and he was <laughs> this one. I don't like every. No one's ranking him where I am. Okay, why? Like the guy was like just about as productive as he was last year when everyone thought he was like a top tier recruit, a top tier transfer guy. You know where he averaged twelve point, uh, thirteen points, eight rebounds, like twenty three PR at Georgetown. This year, yeah, he averaged seven points or eight points, six rebounds, basically. His coach got fired. He was still – he had like a 20 PER, was still just as productive. He just played less minutes with an interim coach and, and a lot of turmoil, like six or seven games into the season. How you hold, how are you going to hold that against the guy? I mean, he wasn't – it wasn't like he was bad. He was completely like just about as productive per possession as he was at Georgetown. And I, I don't get that one. To have him in the anywhere after 50, it just seems stupid to me. Like, this is a guy, he's like a top 20. If he was like a top 20 guy last year, what what did he do then to not be a top 20 guy? He, you know, it, it it lives in there. Like, the ability still lives in there. And, he, and it's not like he had like a, you know, 10 PR and a .45 true shooting. He was completely solid this year. Okay, let's do a little stat dive. Last year, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 22 PER, .614 true shooting. This year, 8.6 rebounds, 19.7 PER, .586 true shooting. Like, what is the difference? What did he do to discredit anything that he did at Georgetown that made people think he was a top you know, 20 recruit at, or transfer recruit at that point? He just played less minutes, and and these are smart people. I don't understand. They can't see this. I mean, like, nineteen minutes, twenty eight minutes. Of course, his like overall raw numbers went down. The the actual per possession stats just about the same. In fact, he averaged more rebounds. His blocks were a little down. Yeah, nothing too major. Uh, the points are. Basically in line. He's basically the same player. And this is for a different coach that got fired six games into the year. I don't get this one. Like, why? Why, why, why? The same recruiting service that had him, you know, top 15 last year drops him to like 55-ish this year. Like, and he did nothing to discredit. He was still just as productive on a team that had turmoil. That, you know, explained some things. Yet you give someone like Adam Miller the benefit of the doubt, and you only drop him to you know twenty five, even though you had him like top ten whatever last year, and the dude freaking tore his ACL, and he was wasn't half the player this guy was to begin with, you know, actual production wise and, and shit he did on the court. I yeah I don't I don't understand it. Okay, so we're getting to a level where you know it becomes a shake it up and throw it out and it's just kind of hit or miss i mean there was a few that were just seemed so egregious like caleb murphy he's top 75 on this list and why i mean he yeah he has a bit of a high school pedigree but he was complete awful on an awful team like 11 per like 20 percent career 20 percent under 20 percent three-point shooter for a six foot four guard you know Sucking usage and sucking, 0.434 true shooting, 11 PER, 
even the year before that, it was like even worse. That's an improvement. So that's saying something to improve from that. And like the South Florida, they were like a 230 net team that going nowhere. Like this is your like high usage guy too, like getting free points for usage. So I'd, maybe this guy can actually fit in and, and be when he's asked to do less, maybe he can do more efficiency wise. But this is not a guy that should be anywhere near the top 75, in my opinion. At least not ranked ahead of Hayden Brown like he is. Hayden Brown, yes, he is a undersized power forward type from the Citadel, but he played an underrated schedule. It was like a top 160 schedule, strength of schedule, and he averaged like 19 and 10 two years in a row. It wasn't like it was a fluke. You know, 19 and 10, two years in a row. He doesn't shoot threes, but... This is a guy that, that just is productive. I think he'll find a way to get it done. And to have that dude that gives has all like the advantages, like give all the usage, ball in his hands, and can't find a way to do anything of value really on the court. And then you got Hayden Brown over here who is yeah, he's undersized, but I don't think that'll matter so much. I think he'll figure out a way to, to be productive regardless. I think these guys, they just figure out a way. Like you average 19 and 10 in the Southern Conference. Let's look up his strength, the strength of schedule he f- played against. 181 strength of schedule. But still, when you're averaging nearly 20 points and 10 rebounds, and you, you've done it for two seasons in a row, 25 PR, 28 PR, 0.58 true shooting, 0.60 true shooting, the three-pointers, it's, it's the only concern. If he had a three-pointer in his game, I'd feel much, much better. I, I just can't see this guy being behind Caleb Murphy and, and other guys, honestly. I mean, he the way he's productive, I think he'll, he'll figure something out. And there's enough good teams still recruiting him. One that really jumped off the page when I saw Wake Forest is after him, Steve Forbes. And when you look at Alondis Williams and, and Jake Lareva, I mean, those were guys were not like anything. They, no one saw those guys coming last year. This guy has a good eye for talent. I would trust his eye for talent over a lot of other people's eye for talent. That's I think that has something that that puts in my mind a little bit, honestly. Beyond the the incredible production, you know, it's not a great strength of schedule, but it's it's not like the Patriot League or, or three hundred and. 30 strength of schedule like some of these other guys ahead of him like Nelly Cummins I mean come on like this you're gonna put this guy behind Nelly Cummins nah and Caleb Murphy he was just so like bad like he he played a good schedule he played a top I think about 88th strength of schedule but it's hard to justify the that kind of you know a point four three true shooting guy from a, your top usage guy yeah that's why they sucked because of that guy like he he wasn't fit for that role and maybe he'll find a team where he doesn't you know have to play that role because he shouldn't be in that role I think that's the way you have to look at it but this guy Hayden Brown he can he can he can fit in and he can still be. I just think productive guys are productive. Okay, we'll move through these last few quicker because they're boring. Rasal Diggins, top 90-ish, whatever, top dude. Like, 
he played nine games. He didn't do anything. I don't know why he played nine games. I don't really care why he played nine games. I mean, like, why did you only play 46 minutes in nine games? Like, yes, you were a top 50 recruit. That is something to check out, like, understand. But it, the rest of it doesn't make sense to me. And I, I don't want to, like, he's not worth, like, my time trying to research. Was this? Did he suck? Did he, like, you know... I don't know, whatever. Was he hard to get along with and the coach just didn't like him and he played him and didn't play? I don't know. There's not enough to know about this guy. But it's already a red flag. Regardless, if you play 45 minutes in nine games and that's your your career, you know, like I I can't (laughs) – it's not even – he's not even worth having on this list when there's legitimate players that have proven shit on the court. And there was several examples of this, like towards the latter part of the top 100. There's another guy from Texas Arlington. He played, uh, let's see, 22 minutes a game. How are you playing 22 minutes a game on UT Arlington and you're supposed to be one of the best players? Uh, 11 and 18 team. I'm sure they were shit-tastic 200 and whatever they were. Yeah, he was semi-productive, but you can find these type of ubiquitous guys everywhere. I mean, there's like nothing special about him. Yeah, he's six, whatever, eleven, I think. Six? No, shit. He's six nine. It's he's listed at six nine one ninety. I hope he's like much bigger than that. Yeah, he blocked shots. He averaged four point seven points and four point nine rebounds. And this guy's a top one hundred player. He did average two point six blocks. That's kind of impressive. I'm just I'm looking at this now, but like just on the surface, this doesn't seem very impressive to me. Uh, let's see what his true shooting per and his other stats. We'll go in. We'll dig in this guy. Eighteen point five per in the Sun Belt, playing twenty two minutes a game reserve off the bench. That means you're probably playing some, you know, backups mostly. You're well, he did start a little bit. Oh, he started. I'll give him that. 25 of 29 games. But why aren't you out there, bro? Like, <laughs> oh, I see why you're not out there. You're 4.4 foul rate per 40 minutes. Uh, 2.4 foul. Yeah, so he's he's a foul trouble guy. So that explains some of it, you know, like he's blocking shots at least. The year before, 3.3 that, – this guy's an interesting stat line. I, I was just checking out the first time I've ever seen his year before his freshman year. Three point four points per game, three point three blocks. So he averaged as many blocks as points per game in twenty two minutes. Five point seven rebounds. That's kind of nice. I, I'll say that. This is one of those guys. You eighteen per, like he. You know, he's an eighteen per dude from the, from the Sun Belt. Who who blocks shots and he's six foot nine, one ninety. I hope he's like actually two ten or two twenty by now. You know, like the the reference, you know, weights can be a little bit long. But I mean, is this dude really like a top one hundred player? Like, is this guy a top one hundred player? Why why the hell wasn't he playing more than twenty one minutes a game on a a horrible Sun Belt team? Like, what is the logic in that? That. This is the kind of guy I would call a sleeper. And, yeah, you go get this guy and you see what he can be. But you don't, like, you don't put all your eggs in the basket and be like, yeah, this is the guy. He's like a top 100 guy. You know, like, that makes no sense to me. 
Like I see value in in the things that I've just I've checked out here. I see lots of value in it. Actually, this is a guy like you would think would be off the radar, and like like there's there's enough other guys out there that I would I would take way before this guy. But I'm not saying this is a bad guy to take. He's just not. I don't see him as a top ninety-ish whatever type guy. Okay, so there's like three or four other guys like this. Not even really worth going into. I mean, come on. Like, okay, we'll we'll just look into the honorable mentions. Uh, Noah Locke jumps off the page immediately. He's behind dudes like that and like Joe Toussaint. Like, I I don't get that one. Like Noah Noah Locke has proven he he's got a skill a proven beyond the dude has made 39% of his three-point shots 2.3 a game over 124 games I mean that is completely proven he and that was at Florida and Louisville and most of it was at Florida Uh, he averaged 10.6 points per game a couple years shot well over 40% at Florida two years in a row I mean I mean, this dude, you know what you're getting. This guy is, like, rock solid. You can expect the guy is going to be a three-point threat. Even if even if he's had a down year like he had last year, they fired their coach as well, middle of the season, turmoil. I don't care about that. The guy, people are still guarding this guy. He's still getting guarded because they know what kind of three-point shooter he is. He's a guy that, if he's on your team, the coaches doing the scouting report on that game don't leave this guy open. Someone's got to guard him. And for his career, he is a point five four true shooting, 13 PER guy in the ACC, SEC. I mean, that that's rock solid. You, you would really rather have the UT Arlington guy or the guy that played nine games we don't know shit about like a UConn than this guy? I just don't see that one. I had him much, much higher than that. And it's not even like you could give a pass that maybe he this guy, he didn't know about this guy, or he just overlooked him. No, he ranked him, like in the honorable mentions, behind those other dudes. So, like, yeah, you, you obviously, like, compared and contrasted, and you still came up with this. I, I don't see that, you know? I don't see that at all. Okay, so let's run through the omissions the ones that aren't even on the list aren't even on the top 110 list or whatever it is Isaiah Moore Southern Miss we've talked about this guy I don't need to beat it over the head you know no one has him anywhere and it's like what the hell what what is the deal here you know this is a guy that has done it in the Big East he and he wasn't even that bad yeah Southern Miss they were awful this year no doubt about it they were awful I understand that, but he was still productive. How can you blame it on this guy? And like, when we look at what he did at at, uh, St. John's, St. John's, 9.2 points per game, 4.8 rebounds versus a 65 strength of schedule, 26 PER, 0.63 true shooting, uh, and he even added three-point shooting to his game, 31%. A little over half a made uh, half a made three pointer game, so he could step out. He's six foot ten, two hundred five. Played on a top sixty seven team. I think they went to the NIT. I need to look that up. This is the second time we we've talked about this guy again, but it doesn't even matter. I mean, like he's 
He's pr- super productive. 26 freaking PER in the Big East. And this guy doesn't make the top 100. And he, yeah, he, he played on uh, Southern Miss, and they were like, I think he averaged 13 points, 8 rebounds, and like had a 22 PER on Southern Miss. And they were horrible. I mean, terrible. They were like net 340 or something. I'm going to look it up. We got we to gotta talk about this guy because this is a, like, criminal omission. Criminal omission, in my opinion. He's on my first tier. He's like a top 15, 20 player, in my opinion. How do you miss this guy? He's been he's been on the in the portal for weeks. Even if you don't think this guy is a top 20 player, he's obviously a top 100 player. I mean, you have to get that part of it right. Isaiah Moore. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 22 PER for Southern Miss. They weren't good. It wasn't his pro- it wasn't his fault. He played on a good team. He has had even he's been even more productive on a better team, a top 65, 67, 67 net team. Southern in in the Big East, St. John's. Like how is this guy not on ranked on any list? Like I don't I don't get that. Like I'm not saying this is just this is just time and effort and research. It's not like anything groundbreaking. They're looking at the same stats. They're coming to most of the same conclusions I am. It's just an obvious omission that is like why? Why is it? Are, are you doing this on purpose? You just uh, did you just not see this? Did like like that would be the question I think to ask. Is did you did you actually see this guy and then you said oh you know he's not in the top one ten the top one hundred and ten for a guy that had a twenty six per in the Big East I mean come on come on man yeah I'm kind of kind of done after that one like I just I don't get it uh, we'll, we'll run through some of the other ones that were not even in the top one hundred Parker Stort he was I'm sure he was in the top. 50 or 100 on the last list this guy made and the only thing that happened was his dad died and he you know went to indiana where he was just more of a you know role player but he's he's like good man he's proven in the acc and then he was like a 20 20 20.5 rebound four assist guy with under his dad and then his dad died unfortunately he took the year off and this year he just he was more of a role player. He made forty, like forty percent, thirty nine, forty percent of his threes, and yeah, I don't know why you, anyone would hold that against him. He's, I think he's got that kind of upside, so he's in my top one hundred for sure. Joe Quintera from Loyola Marymount. He just makes three pointers. Victor Bailey. He didn't play much this year, but he's he's like eleven, uh, twelve point per game, three and D guy on Tennessee. They were like a top five seed. The year before, he, he's played awesome on Oregon. Nowhere in the top 100. Like, I mean, he has the same statistical profile in his history of like top 50 players. Multiple guys like that. Like, I, th- I think he he projects out where you could like count on this dude. Like, he he makes his threes. He just didn't play this year because he's on a very good team, like a a team that was like a two or three seed that won the SEC. Like. I mean, come on. He's he's a good player still. I mean, he just didn't play. Joseph LeBlanc, same thing. Uh, it's, uh, highly productive his first year at Georgetown. Nine, 9.7 rebounds, one block on, you know, 23 PER. 
he'd just been on good teams and kind of got lost in LSU. UAB was actually a very good team this year. He didn't get to play much. And he's going to Texas Southern now. I think he's going to kick ass there. Like, that's a guy that was a sleeper that everyone, I think, should have, like, targeted. Because when you show your ceiling, like, I'm going to believe in that. Like, as a freshman, he walks on into the Big East and he scores nine points and seven rebounds in a blocky game, 23 PR. And the only other thing that has happened is he's been on good teams. He transferred and was on good teams after that and didn't get to play as much. But he was still productive. Like, why is that guy bad now? I don't see it. Ethan Wright, he was productive. He played in a, a, the Ivy League. I, I don't trust that as much as the other ones, but okay. Antoine Walker, he was at Rhode Island. 21 PR, 9.7 rebounds a game in the Atlantic 10. Now he's going to Bryant. But I think this guy's like totally solid. What? And he was at Georgetown before that. Had the pedigree. Um, the guy from ODU, I don't can't pronounce his name. He's highly productive. Another dude from Arkansas, Connor Vandover. Seven three makes threes. Like what do you what am I missing here? He's productive, I think, in the Pac ten as well. Let me look that up real quick. Hold on. Yeah, this guy was at California before that. He averaged seven point five points per game, three rebounds, one point three blocks. At Arkansas his first year, six point three points, four point five rebounds, one point eight blocks. He's seven three. This like how's this guy not make a list? I mean he's he's done productive things in, in P five conferences. Let's look what his P E R and stuff are. Yeah. Career twenty one P E R. last year in you know, his limited minutes, twenty five P R. Year before that, Arkansas, twenty two P R twenty one P R. He makes three-pointers as a seven-foot-three guy. He's made 52 of 163 three-pointers, 32%. For a seven-three guy, that's uh, – I would be all over that. I would, like, dude, come on. Seven-three, 250. He's been at California and Arkansas, and he has a career 22, a 21-PER guy. At, in the P5, in SEC and Pac-12, and he's 7'3". How do, you, how do you not, like, have that as, like, a potential guy? This is, like, this is the potential guy. You you don't, like, like take the 7PR guy who has a torn ACL and rank him 25. Like, this would be, like, the guy you bank on for potential. If we're doing that, I think. Like, he's, he's done enough to prove it in his limited minutes. I mean... Maybe you should be playing more minutes. How do you have a 25 PR and you're not playing that many minutes and you're making 52 three-pointers as a 7-foot-3 guy? All right, I'm going to stop it there, guys. This has been a, a fun episode. If you can't tell, I'm passionate about my rankings. I put time in it, you know? Check you later. Cool. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Dork, man. What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later.